Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Totally Uncalled For. I'm your boy, Jack. I got my co-host with me, Dinger. Say what's up, man. Yo! Hey, Dinger, and I got a surprise guest with me tonight. Yo, Nick, say what's up to everyone. Yo. Oh, Nick's yeah. in the house. Yup, yup. I try to keep it secret from you, Dinger, but I had a almost almost fucked it up. But Nick is here with me, actually, and he is going to be a surprise guest. You know, it's only right to have him on when we're going to be talking about all things gambling, bro. Isn't it true? Mm-hmm. 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 So, you know, we got a lot to talk about today, and we wanted to just to focus directly on the prop bets and the Super Bowl because it is the holy weekend. But, um, however, it is definitely something we cannot overlook with the NBA craziness that has been going on leading up into the uh, trade deadline. Dinger, um, first things first, let's talk about the AD situation Mm -hmm. over there. What do you think about the first trade proposal from the Lakers? Yeah. And it was totally completely ignored perhaps so, so i i just want to touch on the timing of this so i i think it's pretty sketchy or just it it can't just happen to be a coincidence that the anthony davis trade rumor comes out the monday morning before super bowl media week the nba just typical nba just needs to control the media control the talk and make them just make their presence be felt when it should just be a week, week of NFL, NFL, NFL. But there was just breaking news after breaking news in the NBA world. And Anthony Davis is at the head of it. His agent, Rich Paul, came out and said that Anthony Davis is wants to be traded and that he will not sign with the Pelicans. And then they even doubled down saying that Anthony Davis saying that if any team other than the Lakers trades for him, that it will merely be a one-year rental. Because yeah, he fully actually... intends to sign with the Lakers. It's crazy how now in the new age of uh, the NBA, uh, the players have all the power almost. Um, they, they have so much more power than they used to, at least, because they have, all, um, they have all the right to sign whatever they want to. If they don't want to play where they don't want to play, uh, they can just sit. Uh, Kawhi Leonard kind of set that standard. But, Nick, what do you think about the way that the Pelicans have been treating this whole thing with, like, removing him from their uh, – um, their pregame video that they have, their hype video, he's already out of that, and he's still on the floor. What's going on there, Nick? Um, I think they're doing the right thing by that. Honestly, um, I'm kind of annoyed by all these players, you know, demanding trades midway through the season. I mean, for Christ's sake, Anthony Davis has almost two years on his contract left, and he's trying to demand a trade to get out to go link up with LeBron over there in California. But um, – you know, you got to hand it to the NFL, NFL, the NBA Players Association, because clearly they have turned the tides and flipped the script on the owners and have completely taken over. Because as you see from Kyrie demanding a trade off the Cleveland Cavaliers, ended up in Boston. Now you hear um, Jimmy Butler, another one, demanding a trade. Um, Kawhi Leonard, all these guys demanding trades when they have years left on their contract. And, you know, they're really – forcing the hand of the ownership to make a move. Yeah, yeah. what do you have to say about yeah, all that? Yeah, I, no, I, I, honestly, I totally agree with Nick. The NBA is very different to where the NFL, as you were saying, where the NFL basically thrives on the shield and the owners and just the league as a whole. And NBA thrives on its superstars. It's not about the team or the organization. And these superstars, they, they want to play for the big-name teams. They want to play in Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Boston. 
And it really hurts the small market teams where you have teams like the Green Bay Packers, who I fucking hate, but they're, they've had history of being a well-run organization in a very small market. Same thing with the Saints. New Orleans, small market. And then the Saints do a good job out there. They have Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and they're a very popular team. But then when you look at the Pelicans, they're, they're just more of a, like, a disgrace of an organization. Nobody wants to play there because nobody's really even watching their games to begin with. So it's, it's, it's just bad overall. It just makes some of the teams top-heavy. You get stars, tra- stars going in between, but it definitely makes for good drama. Off-season talk is definitely good for the NBA. But at the same time, yeah, it's, I, I definitely agree with Nick. It's just they're being – these players are being greedy. They want to play where they want to play. But, and I, I mean, I get that, but when you had that opportunity – during the extension, you could have just left to go somewhere else. You didn't need to sign the five-year contract. You could have signed a lowered time deal, but you just go for the guaranteed money and sign with the new agent. And let's not, let's not think that this LeBron injury that he had was, it co- I think it's totally fabricated. He's never injured. He's injured. He wants to hike up the trade value of his, of his other pieces on the team. Nick, listen, he wants to hike up the trade value of other pieces on the team and all this crazy behind the scenes work. Is just going down when LeBron's out. When he's he he's on the court there sipping on his fucking vino out of his <laughs> goddamn flask or whatever the hell he's sipping it out of. But behind the moves he is making, beside behind the scenes he is making moves with this Anthony Davis trade. And well, yeah, as, I definitely want to touch on that. LeBron is definitely the one back behind the scenes orchestrating a lot of this. And you that's know, all he does. As you see with the tampering fines that Anthony Davis and Rich Paul just got hit with fifty k. But um, you know what's something that I want to bring up is, is you know, we, we see these superstar players like Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and, you know, they, instead of staying where they're at and attracting superstars to them, like Anthony Davis could easily attract some, like a guy like Kyrie, you know, to the Pelicans. If he were to stick with the organization and really, you know, back the organization up and say, I'm staying here. This is a well-run organization. I want to bring the talent to me. But instead – you know, in this case, AD wants to go pay, play with LeBron and clearly be second fiddle because no way LeBron's taking a back seat. And, you know, LeBron's going to be the active leader in that team. And, and, you know, we saw the same thing with Kevin Durant, a guy that is arguably the second best player in the, in the world, leaving the Thunder to go play second fiddle to Steph Curry and the Warriors. You know, some, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I, guys I, that are just so I talented. That aren't willing to be the stand-up leader in the locker room. They want to. They don't want to take that role. They want to take that secondary role where they can just go out and play and let someone else be the active voice of the team. Yeah. Well, LeBron yeah. started that whole well, trend. Yeah, thing, well, right? uh, Nick, yeah. Nick, if you, you guys let me hear me out real fast. LeBron yeah. started that whole thing when he went to South Beach to join Dwayne Wade, a fucking perennial superstar in the league, and that and Dwayne Wade like was vocal and he was public about his willingness to play second fiddle to LeBron. And that's what started this whole wave. Now all you see are these big superstars, the young talent. They get their bag early in the in their career. They just sign that long-term max deal like um, like uh, AD has done, like uh, Jimmy Butler had done in, uh, in the past, all the other um, big-name guys that have demanded trades and left their original teams. They get that bag when they're young. And then they go out and they work on their legacy. They want to be known as someone that gets rings and championships. And they're willing to go elsewhere, take a bit of a pay cut maybe, take a bit of a, um, a cu- 
a uh, back seat in the limelight because everyone already knows their talent. Everyone knows how good they are, but they want to see them win. And that's really the main thing here is getting rings and getting championships. LeBron started that, and that is the new wave in this league. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. It is definitely here to stay. People want to win, and they don't think that their um, their legacy is cemented until they do get a ring. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Then you also get players like Kyrie who who did the opposite. They left LeBron to go pl- be their own person and start their own career in a new city. And now you have Kyrie coming out where he wants out of that city. And I don't even know if he wants to be the man. He wants to play second fiddle. He wants to be the second guy because – now he's not going to have all the attention on him as on the court. And he thought of, like, even coming back to playing with LeBron, which I guess if you think about it, LeBron is getting older now. So maybe Anthony Davis thinks, yeah, I'm going to play second fiddle to LeBron for four years. And then towards the very end of his career, I'm going to be taken over as the man. And LeBron is going to yeah. be playing second fiddle to me. Or LeBron is going to be more so just, just there, sort of how, like, Tim Duncan was later in his career or or even dinger i mean this isn't even out of the question maybe ad thinks he'll go to la where he truly wants to be he really has said time and time again he wants to play for the lakers before lebron was even mentioned to going there um so ad wants to go there maybe he'll get a couple rings with lebron is what he's thinking and then lebron will peace out leave the lakers and go follow his son when his son joins the league and then then he'll be the stars the focal point of the la lakers and they'll build around him then Maybe that's what he's thinking. But the fact that the Lakers are willing to trade what they were willing to trade to the Pelicans, like how are they going to potentially build around Anthony Davis in the future when they have all this young talent that they're just willing to get rid of? Let me go over the trade that they had offered first off uh, to the Pelicans. That was completely rejected and ignored, basically. He wasn't even given a counter. The, the Pelicans totally disrespected this deal. The Lakers offered Lonzo Ball, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and a first-round pick on top of that for Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis alone. And they completely disregarded it, did not want anything to do with it, thought it was a trash trade. That's yeah. the fucking farm. Well, dude, How can I, they go I, any better than that? I, no, I like, agree. And especially now because the Pelicans said that they plan on holding on to Davis till the end so they can – till the end of the season so they can field offers from Boston because of a rule where – they have Kyrie. They can't also have um, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, what so, does that mean exactly? Explain that for the listeners that don't know. So there's some rule in the NBA uh, it's that you can only have, like, two certain type of con. You can only make – you can only have two cut players on max deals traded to your team. You can only have one player traded to your team on a max deal at a time. So basically Kyrie either needs to sign a new deal or has to leave the team for you to get another player of a certain type. Yeah. Well, you have anything to say on the bird rights, Nick? Not really the bird rights. Um, I kind of lost the train of thought here, so you guys can continue. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know much about the bird rights myself, but I have been hearing a lot about it there. Um, I'm sure you can touch on that a little bit more intelligently, but I don't understand how, like, the Lakers plan to go forward. Oh, I'm sorry. you know, what it was is um, regarding the, the offer the Lakers made to the Pelicans. They, the Pelicans want multiple first-round picks. They don't care about Michael fucking Beasley and Michael I agree. Rondo. Well, Rondo, Rondo is yeah, good. So he was on the Pelicans, and he wasn't happy.
Oh, yeah, that is right. causing a bunch of issues on that team. I doubt the Pelicans want him. You know, they're, they're just trying to throw in those two names right there just to beefen it up and probably make the money work, I'm assuming. But they really want Zoe Kuzma, and I'm assuming they'll get two, maybe even three first-round picks in exchange. And I, I, I'm thinking there's going to have to be a third team involved in this trade to make everything work. But I also – I don't think that – I don't think they're going to get this trade done before the deadline. I don't think so either. Yeah, neither do I. I think the Pelicans are going to end up getting fucked. No, I don't think so because I really do think that Danny Ainge with the Boston Celtics is realizing that Kyrie Irving is very shady regardless if he's going to stay or not. And, you know, I think that he's going to try to aggressively pursue Anthony Davis – and you know, build around you think you so, Nick. There. So, you don't, so I don't know if you saw it, but Anthony Davis's dad came out with a tweet saying, Boston, I would never want my son to play for an organization, mm-hmm. a shady organization like Boston. Seeing what they did after to what they did to Isaiah Thomas afterwards shows no loyalty, which basically means mm-hmm. that he, Anthony Davis talked to his dad, says, I don't want to play for Boston, put some shit out there. That just makes Boston seem like a bad organization, and we're going to shit on them. Which basically means there was basically a message to Boston: Don't trade for me. I'm not staying a long time. You are going to lose all of your assets. And I think Danny Ainge is is smart enough to know that that's probably going to be a bad decision for him. First off, I would say Anthony Davis is 24 years old. He's his own man. I don't know about you, but I don't have my dad making my decisions. And I definitely don't think a man like Anthony Davis is having his dad make decisions for him either. You don't think um, that this was like a low key, like the low of the no, lowest of low low keys? Key. Not at all, because Anthony Davis has come out and said specifically that he wants to be in L.A. I think he would have just as much of a prerogative to come out and say, I don't want to play for the Boston Celtics. You know, I don't believe anything that comes out of these guys' mouths unless it's directly from the player themselves. No, I honestly – I don't care if it's from your camp or this and that because everything – and when you go talk about loyalty, no one is loyal. Anthony Davis isn't being loyal to the No, I agree. Two years left on his – so th- there's no such thing as in loyalty in these, in these professional sports. Everyone wants to talk about loyalty, but it's a business, okay? And these guys, the players are trying to position themselves in the best possible way. The teams are probably trying to position themselves in the best possible way. And at the end of the day, everyone has a job to do. The agent of Anthony Davis has a job to put his player in the best position, make him happy. Danny Ainge has it. And all these other GMs for the Pelicans and for the Lakers, they have an obligation to do what's best for their team. So loyalty goes out the door the second that – Contracts coming to play, honestly. So, you know, loyalty, loyalty. That's my opinion on that. I got loyalty, got loyalty inside my DNA. So, so we have the Davises bashing Boston. So, does that mean that we might be leaving, seeing Kyrie leave Boston too on the upcoming <laughs> yeah, so maybe in the offseason? So, I definitely can see Kyrie leaving. So before we get into the Chris Stapps trade, the trade happened, obviously, as you guys mm-hmm. well know. But the Knicks opened up two max cap space positions mm-hmm. with this trade, which obviously next year in the free agency this year, we're going to be hearing rumors. Kyrie to the Knicks, uh, Kevin Durant to the Knicks, Jimmy Butler to the Knicks. Any big name guy, any max contract type guy is going to be rumored to be going to the Knicks this year. But, I, I mean, it, New York ha- is a good basketball city. 
The people there love basketball. They have only one team. I don't really consider the Brooklyn Nets to be – I mean, they are a team in New York, but nobody really gives two shits about them anyway. Jets mm-hmm. fans and Giants fans are all united in their love for the New York Knicks. So, yeah, I mean, it would be good to have the Knicks relevant again. I don't think they've been relevant since they had Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony. Carmelo Anthony and, the, the, and J.R. Smith. And the fans love their players. Like, and, uh, Carmelo yeah. Anthony still gets a lot of love. I saw him. He was in the Garden – uh, for a game, and the, they were Wade's all cheering for him. So yeah, well, it was Wade's last game, so it was that kind of night. But I definitely agree with you, Dinger. I think we're gonna see big things from the Knicks. They're definitely gonna revamp. Uh, they're taking a page out of my book, you know, with the "We don't rebuild, we reload." They took a couple years off after their uh, that, um, that yo Jack. That is not a page attempt. out of your book, but continue. Yes, it is one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You guys, you guys don't know what the fuck you're Jack, talking about. Jack, I had heard that. Um, I had heard that on ESPN about people talking about the Patriots since like two thousand one. So, oh, oh! Did I say that I absolutely in- invented that fucking saying or that that philosophy? No, you're putting words in my mouth, Dinger. I don't you, put words in your mouth, you piece of shit. Yo, so, yes, yeah, straight up, Jack. Right. You just said right, as I'll, of take my phrase, I'll take it down. I'll take it down. Saying my Dinger, phrase, I mean, you like you I said, it's a page out of my shit. book. A page out of my book. I can write whatever the fuck I if want down in my your, book. I have a book right in front of me. I mean, your book. Anyways, anyways, definitely see the Knicks making a push here, bringing themselves back to relevancy. New York is a, like you said, big sports town. Fans there, they love their teams. Uh, I definitely can see this um, becoming another plausible team in the East. But I just want to touch on one thing. Those fans are pieces of shit. The day that Przingis was drafted – I can't remember how long ago it was. Boo. Boos. No one knew who he was. They were booing him out of the fucking place when he was drafted. And that's a player's worst nightmare, you know? And then what happened? He became the star in New York. He was the king. Everyone loved him. And now when he's leaving, they're burning his jersey as if it's all his fault and as if it's not a business. Loyalty. Loyalty. The guy wants to win. He's a gamer. And the Knicks are tanking so they can try to get Zion. I get it. But fuck, he wants to win. Get him the fuck out of there. They had a meeting. He sat down with the executives and the coaching, and he didn't like how the meeting went. So he's like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I I know. He was up front. Fans aren't loyal either. Sometimes you get fans that just grow up being like a Dolphins fan, you know, and then all of a sudden they see a team like like the Seahawks win a Super Bowl, and then they just decide to – to be a fan of them. So, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it that's exactly how I don't. Went, I don't know. I don't know. You know fucking shit I don't know. Shit. I mean, I don't know anybody who that's happened to, but I'm sure I'm yeah, sure there's a I mean, few I, people I don't know there, anyone like that either, know? but I do know – I, I do remember going to the Seahawks game against the Vikings and watching the Vikings get their axe clapped. But anyways, um, back to the basketball. I just think next fans are shit. I'm sure Nick can agree. Um, I'm sure you can agree too, Dinger. So. Yeah, yeah. No. Positive. I don't know about positive because I can't stand Dallas either because they beat my heat back in the day in the finals. But to have Luka Doncic paired up with Chris Porzingis, filthy, bright future right there. Um, I'm a big fan of Luka. I'm also a big fan of Kristaps. And Kristaps is literally like the next coming of Dirk Nowitzki. And Everyone knows me. They know that I have a respect for Dirk, but I cannot stand him because he's so fucking good. And he destroyed my career. Mm-hmm. But 
the fact that Dallas was able to, you know, position themselves to acquire a player like this, it's just, you know, they're – what's his name over there, the owner of that team? I can't remember. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. My mom went on a double date with Mark Cuban. A lot of shit. I heard about that, Dan. That's awesome. But, um, you know, last year Mark Cuban got a lot of shit for tanking. I think he even got a big fine for it as well. And what do you know? This year, or you know, he drafts Luka Doncic. Luka is having a hell of a year. He's 100% the rookie of the year. And big move to trade for um, to make a trade for Chris Chris You know, it, he he just he's done a great job over there. And you know, that team is again not they're not rebuilding. They're reloading, and you know, they are going to be relevant for years to come. Now, yeah, that philosophy, rebuilding and reloading, that sounds very familiar, but. You know, Mark Cuban is just a gamer. He's a businessman. I love watching him on his show, Shark Tank, wheeling and dealing. Uh, it, it's just amazing. We all knew that what he had in him uh, back in the day, you know, at the attic in Orlando. Shout out Brady. Shout out the whole boys over there. Shout out Radford. Um, we watched him bring – what's his name? Who was it again? Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons. We, we watched him bring Chandler Parsons out in Orlando, uh, sign him that night. Uh, he had DeAndre Jordan that fell through, and then he got him back. Uh, he just knows how to make deals. And then he trades him over to, you know, and that's also another interesting part, DeAndre Jordan on the Knicks, because I know that him and KD, Kevin Durant, are friends. Really? DeAndre and Kevin Durant. I don't know if that speaks to anything. Obviously, DeAndre, I don't think he was the one pushing to get traded to New York. It was probably the other way around. But having him there is an interesting dynamic because you know I, I really think he's a likable player in the NBA and I, I think he would actually be good to draw some, some new talent over there so you gotta watch yeah DeAndre like Jordan is a very good yeah, role that. player he's not a star anymore but a good role player can grab role. rebounds no but you see him you see yeah, him he, fixing his free he's shooting like he has gotten much better he doesn't Much? have Harrison Barnes anymore to talk to. That's his go-to move. Yeah. Before he shoots the ball, he talks to Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I know. He has a weird – in his finger and shoots it. But now that he's no longer well, the Mavericks. Yeah, so that's uh, going to be tough. He's going to have to find – He's going to have to talk to James Dolan on the sideline or maybe Spike Every, Lee. Yeah, Everybody yeah. I mean, I'm hates sure he, he'll find Dolan, someone to talk yeah, to. Spike like you think. Yeah, he's a fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Dinger, we definitely went into a lot of detail on this uh, basketball and. I think we're doing a little bit of a disservice to our Super Bowl Sunday special. Um, let's. What do you think we, we change gears here and we start talking uh, about the props? Baby? Hell yeah. Think? Talking about props on Super Bowl yeah. before Super Bowl. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> all right. So like we promised, we were going to go into all the prop bets and some of the more unique ones, some of the more game-related ones. Uh, Dinger, I know you got a list. I got a list. We have Nick here to talk about all of ours. Dinger, what do you want to start with? You want yeah. to start with the pregame? Yeah. So I'm just going to say something props? real quick, and then you can go and talk about in more in depth about it. So there was a prop up on Bavada earlier. Will Gladys Knight kneel during the national anthem? Minus 1,000. I wish I had taken it then for my entire bankroll because Gladys Knight came out a few hours ago or – maybe last or like late last night saying how she is not boycotting the anthem and how she loves America and how the national anthem shouldn't be brought into the conversation for police brutality, et cetera, et cetera. 
because the national anthem was meant to unify the entire country together. So if that's still available on your book, minus 1,000 is a fucking lock, unless she is doing the longest con in the history of the world where she herself is betting for herself to kneel and is just trying to collect that extra money. But if that's not the case. Yeah. I, I don't know if the NFL would like allow that to happen. Like, like I really don't know if the NFL would like on the grandest stage, the main performer before the game kneeling. That would be probably uproar and a shit fucking fest. Yeah, the shit the, apple uh, doesn't fall far, far from the shit tree. Uh, so they don't want the winds of shit. That is true. That is ruining true. their Super Bowl. So, <laughs> all right, Mister Leahy. But um, stay on the topic of Gladys Knight. One thing we have to talk about, Digger, is the length of the national anthem. Now, I know this is a popular topic in the betting world. It always is. And the the line on the over-under, I think, is set just right, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I did a little research on this thing, so if you'll allow me, I'm going to go into yeah. quite a bit of detail here. Um, over the time, it's very, very common for the national anthem to go over. Um, Luke Bryan, he went two minutes right on the dot, basically. And he's more of a low-key, chill dude. You'd think maybe he'd be slow and relaxing everything. So two minutes, I think it might be like the perfect time set for this over under, one minute and 50 seconds. I'm going to go into some detail here on some of the last uh, few national anthem performers. Pink. She went just about a minute 50, and she's a young, spunky, uh, high-energy singer. Indina Menzel, she went well over the two-minute mark, and she sucked, by the way, if you guys remember that one back then. Renee Fleming, she went well over, over two-minute mark. Jennifer Hudson, another young, um, very flamboyant young singer, was the young star. She went well over. The two-minute mark. Christina Aguilera. She went just about two minutes. Maybe like it was close to actually closer to one minute fifty. But time and time again, we see these young these young actresses, these young uh, pop stars, whoever it may be, these young singers. They're all dragging it out, right? But that's why I think we're gonna flip Ooh. the script this year, Dinger. Dinger and Nick. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking the under for this reason. Gladys Knight is 74 years old. She's a very – she's getting old, bro. I don't know if she's lost a step, but – Lost a step in her singing abilities? Yes, Nick. I know it's surprising, but it is true. I think she's lost a step. I don't know if she has the stamina to go a full two minutes. I don't know if she has the stamina to drag this song out as long as she could. And if we go back to her performance in 1991, Gladys Knight actually performed the national anthem. And she went a minute and 30 Woo! seconds. Dude. That is quick. A minute 30. A minute That is probably 30. one of the quickest oh, say, can national you see anthems. About the yes, that's probably one of the quickest. Yeah, it almost sounded. I had to double check if I had the, the YouTube video on times two speed or times 1.5 speed, I had to double check. It was absolutely ridiculous. 
I looked at some of her old songs from the past, from her prime, and she has a very upbeat, kind of quick, um, quick style. Like she was a very, she was a soul singer, and I think she's very upbeat and quick. So I think that coupled with her age, not being able to really drag it out and extend those notes, I think we're going to see her be in and out of there like a fucking, like, like a, like a fucking backseat mm-hmm. quickie, you know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be quick as hell, maybe like a minute 30, minute 40. I'm going with the under here. At first, all the signs pointed to the over, but then when I put the cards down on the table and I looked at them from a different perspective, I'm taking the under. That's what I got for the National Anthem. And if you got that on your book, I'd take it. Might not be on Wager, but it'd definitely be on Bavada, Bavada or Nitrogen Sports. Yeah, so and I, I have a few more. I have a few more things. Uh, the McVeigh-Bilichek age gap to be mentioned at least once during the broadcast is only minus, minus 200. That's, That's a lot. lot. I've been hearing it all fucking day. If you don't think that the media is going to take each and every angle that they can over every single certain stance, you are mistaken, my friend. Minus 200 lock. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is just the storyline. The storyline is like the, the old, experienced, uh, basically king of the league going up against the, the, one of the youngest head coaches, if not the youngest. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, basically the king against the prince here in, in layman terms. And uh, I definitely Shout think – <laughs> Nick, what do you think here? Like, what is the age gap? Bill Belichick is like 67 or, or and McVeigh is like 32. So 35 years, 34 years. No fucking way. I have, I have yeah, my so TV on mute, closed captions right now, and they are literally talking about it right now on CBS. I'm I, – holy fuck. Well, it has to be during the actual broadcast. Yeah, but, yeah, so. to touch on that stuff, just loves – bringing up typical main media shit. There is another prop. If the replay of the Saints Rams pass interference will be shown, and that is at plus 200. And I think there is great value in that. Any pass interference call on the field, that replay is going to be shown. I guarantee it. Or if that player, that player, Robbie Coleman, I can't even remember his name because he's a fucking nobody. Robbie Coleman. Anytime that he makes a play on the field, or maybe if he gets called for a PI, you know they're gonna flashback because that man made a big deal out of it. He made he made a fucking a lot of fucking obnoxious statements, and they're definitely gonna show that. If that's a plus, you said it yes. was plus two hundred on the yes. Let me hop, hop in real quick here. I think I'm on the complete opposite side of that. Okay, I think the NFL is giving out strict statements to these people saying we are not trying to replay that that play because they caught a lot of heat the referees caught, caught a lot of heat for that play and you know it's the Super Bowl it's the highlight of the NFL season and I don't think that they are going to want that play being scrutinized again on the biggest stage you know that could be a different angle that might be the angle of the Sharks but you know who's calling this game Tony Romo and he signed to him and CBS yeah, I don't know about that. I think Tony Romo is going to get a nice little call from Roger Goodell. Roger's going to be like, listen, buddy, you're not going to be talking about that play. And you know that, that could be right. You know, Nick, that's uh, why we have you on. Debunk, 
that's why that's why we have you on here, Nick, because you are uh, you have a fine tuned uh, outlook on the betting world, and it, it it shows. But that is um, was that one of your your yes. picks, Singer? That they're yes. going to show that, or you just I, saw no, that am, one I and you're going into Okay, well, um, sticking on maybe the uh, the topic of the uh, national anthem. There's a prop that I saw for who will be shown first during the anthem, like while the anthem is playing. You know how the yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. hands on the on the on the players, and I think um, showing Brady first is the lock of all locks, and it's rightfully it's it, it's priced as such. It's at minus one eighty for Brady, plus um, one forty for Jared Goff. I definitely think the Patriots get the ratings. The Patriots make the money. Brady is the, the money maker. He's the face of the NFL, if you ask me. I think minus one eighty. You fucking juice that. Just do it. Do it for fucking fifty bucks to win fifty. Uh, if you're not comfortable laying down one eighty, but I think that's a lock. And then, um, kind of in the same, uh, in the same type of bet here digger uh who will be mentioned first like which coach will be mentioned first by either announcer in the tv uh broadcast and uh Bel- belichick is minus 140 i think they're going to talk about him first uh you, you definitely just lay the fucking juice on it these these props are kind of obvious if you really think about them nick do you have anything to touch on that um i'm not a big prop guy i never really bet prop bets. Um, I think the reason why they're so readily there's so many prop bets is because you they the, the bookies and everyone they make money off that you know they're they're fucking sucker bets in my opinion so you know I don't really spend much time researching into these I know they they are a lot of fun to bet you know and I'll definitely probably if Matt does his uh, little pool again this year to see who has the highest percentage to win the whole pool I like that you know I'll definitely throw some money into that and I think that's a lot of fun. But in terms of like trying to pick out a sharp profit, I, I don't really know. The all, like that. Yeah, well, well Nick, this is the only problem I have with the said pool is the person who won it won doesn't know sh- didn't know shit about football. But that's Nick, what makes Nick, it so much Nick. fun. No, no, no. Yeah, Nick, that was Nick. absolutely she ridiculous. Was, she she was just basically choosing the highest point option the entire time. She she bet the Patriots okay. spread. But then pick the Eagles to win money line straight up like that, like that, that makes yeah. zero sense. Ridiculous. The fact that 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 she won that is like incredible and an anomaly, and I don't think it'll ever happen again. Okay, like if you think that that's going to continually happen, well, that's just gambling. Exactly, but you know it, it's fun. What was it, a hundred dollar buy-in? Yeah, something stupid like that. She won. She won a good amount of money. She doesn't know shit about shit. I fucking hate women, dude. Oh my god! You know, and that's what you have to get lucky. This is prop bets. That just goes to show that this is pure luck. You can fucking watch as many YouTube videos about Alicia Keys or whatever the fuck is. Gladys Knight. Don't disrespect disrespect the Queen of Pop. Whoever's singing the goddamn national. I just, I just dubbed her the Queen of Pop. She was a soul (laughs) singer. I apologize, but I don't have the right to hand that title out. This is a new year. There's no trends. But, all right, from a fucking broadcasting standpoint, think about the NFL and what they have been known to do in the past. Would you not say it'd be 
a good place to put your money, a good horse to bet on, Belichick to be shown first. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a crapshoot, but. I definitely think, you know, the, the kickoff's about to go, and we're talking, Tony Romo brings up about the dynasty of the Patriots and how this could be the last one, and boom, there's Belichick on the screen, and, you know, you hit your bet. But at the same way, they could also be like, Tony Romo could talk about how, you look at Sean McVay, 33 years old, coaching the Super Bowl rings. Boom, there's fucking McVeigh or there's Goff right next to him. Like, it's fucking broadcasting. They're, they don't, you know. Yeah, but they, and then what they show on the screen is what drives the revenue. And I think Patriots drive revenue. You put your money on them. Maybe not put their money on them to win the game. Not saying that yet. But put your money on them for the broadcasting standpoint. I'm taking them to mention Belichick. First yeah, and, and, and show yeah. Brady well, I guess I guess we should maybe get into the more football-y props where that actually, yeah, yeah, the game like the game-related props. I, I agree. Okay, Let's so go. my first, what do you got? My first lock is James White over five and a half receptions. So, you know what I'm doing right now, Dinger, as you speak. I'm actually going to my bed. My, my over bed and half, five and a half receptions. The right juice is minus one fifty. But currently, James White leads all players in the playoffs so far in receptions. He's getting five and a half here. I don't know if you remember, James White won a Super Bowl at, with 14 receptions, well over his over for the game then. But just for me to just touch on this. So I, I did a little diving into the weaknesses of a Wade Phillips defense. And the place where you attack – Yes, the the place where you attack a Wade Phillips defense is you attack the linebackers in their man-to-man coverage on backfield passes. Tom Brady loves throwing backfield passes. If he's going to be rushed, which I think the Patriots are going to do a good job of containing Aaron Donald, but I feel like there is going to be some semblance of a pass rush. He's going to be dumping it off to James White all day, and that's not saying James White's going to have 150 receiving yards. No, I'm saying he's going to receive the ball a plentiful amount of times and I think five and a half there is is just way too low I see him more at like eight or nine receptions and I'll take the 150 juice and put that in yeah I definitely like that bet too Dinger um James White has been known to be Brady's check down safety blanket uh time and time again yeah they uh, they got Sony Michelle but he's their their running back uh, they're definitely going to be throwing the ball a lot to the checkdowns. I know everyone talks so much about the um, the Belichick system, but I, so I do like that bet at minus one fifty five. That is juicy, yeah, and, but and just fucking lay the juice on that. And I, I do remember is almost telling, a lock. talk trying to tell Nick about this. Nick's like, bro, they, that prop bet's for fucking suckers, dude. I guarantee you, he's not even anywhere near that amount. So Nick, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, on this prop bet, I might be right. You might be wrong. I know you're not going to be betting it regardless, so I'm sure you're going to be hoping. Exactly. Oh, so you I, put it in. I hope you're right. Yeah. No. No, he said he hopes we're right. Uh, but no, I know you're going to root for us, Nick. I know you're not a total complete scumbag like I'm Aaron Rodgers. Betting, betting on any of these. Yeah. Or yeah. some of the kids I know that like to bet, like, like to root against me. And yeah, we don't we don't root against each other here. We're all boys here. But uh, Dinger, one of the ones that I really like is a roughing the passer penalty being called. And yes, is even money. Like, what is that about, Dinger? I definitely think it is obvious that we're going to see a roughing the passer penalty here. 
Um, I can just see Aaron Donald or Indomitian Sue going up and hammering Tom Brady and completely getting that roughing the passer called. We saw that in the in both games of the uh, championship series. Um, I think this one is obvious at even money, man. Yes, for even money, you got to uh, take that. Yeah. Thing. What are your thoughts? Even like you, hell yeah, hell it's, yeah. The refs always need to find some way to be involved in a big show. They're on the the big stage on the Super Bowl, and they wanna they wanna bask in the light and say that the game is just equally about them as it is the other two opponents. So yeah, I see the refs eat, call, blowing that flag, and I mean, I hope it doesn't go against my other bets, but I mean, I would be happy for it to happen. Yes. Yeah, that is um, an an obvious one, honestly. Um, the fact that it's at even money and no is favored, like, what does that say? Like, what, is, what does Vegas know that we don't? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Tom Brady gets those calls time and time again. Um, and Dominican Sue is a very emotional and um, he plays angry, that's for sure. I can definitely see him going in there and just clobbering Tom Brady and getting the ball. Uh, Aaron Donald's no different. Did you just rip ass what? on that podcast? Okay, Digger, that was absolutely ridiculous. But moving on, um, that's that's pretty much so a lock. If you have it on your book, I can't see if I can find it on Wager right now, but lock that one in. Another one I like, Dinger. First half ending in a tie. Um, this one has immense value from what I see. Plus 800, yes. Come on. Like... Dude. Sounds like sounds like you got a pot boiling on the oven, bro. Uh, not, I haven't taken it yet, yeah, Nick, but um, um, in due time, in due time. But no, yeah, I, I'm doing all right. But definitely I just like that bet plus eight hundred. Plus, but um, plus eight hundred is nice value. Plus 800, you throw twenty bucks on that. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great bet to throw two hundred dollars on and just sit back and. <laughs> Did I say 200? Yeah. I mean, yeah let's fucking throw the house on it. Yeah, nah. No, 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 no. $20. No, $20, $20. Um, I definitely think that one is going to be great value at plus 800. No, no point in that. Oh, I agree. And also, I want to top on some other value bets as well. So, what do you got? CJ Anderson to score first, plus 650. As we know, the Patriots have scored only a total of three points in first quarters in every single Super Bowl that they've been in. So it's the history tells you if you're going to bet on somebody to score, it's going to be from somebody from the Rams side first, assuming that they score in the first quarter. And I just think there's great value in CJ Anderson at plus 650. He's been getting the ball in the goal line a lot. I, I think he, I, I know on the Rams, he leads the team in, in touchdowns running the ball in the playoffs thus far. So, yeah, I, I really like C.J. Anderson. Plus 650, he's that big bowling ball type back. Change, change it up on you from the, Todd, the normal Todd Gurley. So, I like C.J. Anderson plus 650. Also have another one. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. – let me touch on that a little bit for you, Dinger, um, because I have a different out, outlook. I definitely think that the Rams are going to try to get uh, Todd Gurley going early. I really think they need to because he's been a shell of himself this postseason, and it's ridiculous. 
they they've relied heavily on CJ Anderson and he's really came up um, strong for them. But I think they're going to try to get Todd Gurley going early. They might feed him that goal line touchdown if they get to that point, or he might bust mm-hmm. off a big one. You never know. Like, I mean, there's good value there. Um, in the CJ Anderson, what is the value? What is the first touchdown score? We got CJ Anderson ten to no. one. Todd Gurley See, six to one. You, I definitely like the Anderson, value of CJ Anderson. Ten to one on yours. Well, what wow. I'm looking at online That's, on a website. I need to. I need to send that in changed? from my website. That's for sure. Well, I have plus six. Do, do you have that? And Todd Gurley um, at plus five hundred. So plus six. Uh, is that wager, which wager is Bravada. Trash, yeah. Wager. Well, you know that's Matugi, who, um, or whoever your bookie is, uh, juicing that line. Um, but moving forward, uh, Nick has his pick for the uh, MVP of the Super Bowl. What do you think, Nick? Um, I mean, this isn't really – this will really tell you where I'm leaning in terms of who's winning this game. But uh, I'm going to go with Jared Goff. Wow. Um, I think McVay, yeah, I think McVay draws up some nice offensive plays to get, you know, some deep throw opportunities. And, you know, Goff throws a very nice deep ball. And I can see him having, like, you know, two 65-yard-plus touchdowns down the field. Like a deep route to Brandon. Wow, wow. Well, I'm going a little contrarian right here. So to to mention the MVP. So basically, it's whoever the MVP mentions first in his speech, and and I'm taking a plus one thousand for the fans. So we have we have yeah. So we have God at plus three hundred. We have teammates at plus two (laughs) hundred, and the fans. At plus one thousand, and the refs at plus a hundred thousand. So I I don't really think that Jared Goff. Wait, hold on, hold on. the refs? No, the refs. You can you can bet that control? Jared Goff when he gives his MVP speech. Like, I just want to thank the refs for making the proper call on that pass interference play to get us here. And if I might as well throw five bucks on that. A hundred thousand plus what? A hundred thousand. Yes. Wow. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Five hundred thousand. Just Jared. You just watching Jared Goff. Like, please thank the rest. Please thank the rest. But I like the fans at plus one thousand. It's either going to be teammates or fans. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be either Brady and or Goff. They don't really have a history of thanking God immediately when they get to the podium or to press post game conference. Um, if we had somebody like Aaron Donald or maybe Sony Michelle or just James White or somebody who's not the, the, a quarterback, just because I just know the history of them. I've been watching, their, watching them, their like post-game and stuff like that. And it most of the time is teammates, but I have heard fans before. I just want to thank the fans for showing out tonight. And I've, obviously I can't do it without my teammates. It just has to be uttered first. At plus 1,000, I see that as luck. And also – I have another high, a high, like a, a big, large pick, plus 800 for Green Gatorade to be dumped on the winner. So I have some insider info from Scott Zolak, who is the play-by-play announcer for the Patriots. So obviously if the Rams win, this statement is just, it, it, it's, I guess you're just betting randomly. But he says, 
that Bill Belichick usually will do a combination of both water and Gatorade and says that green is Belichick's favorite color of choice. So we will have both green and Gatorade and water on the sidelines. So that's a 50% chance of one of them be chosen. And with green Gatorade at plus 800 as opposed to plus 250 for clear, which obviously would be water, I just see an immense amount of value on the green Gatorade right there. What's purple at? Purple I think purple Gatorade is around like plus 2,000. I don't know if I've ever seen purple Gatorade. No, I'm throwing some money in. Never. I remember in my days of playing baseball in high school. Purple Purple Gatorade is plus 900. Purple, purple is plus I don't plus know who it was. We, all right. Yeah, see, like, that's my bet right there. No. So I'm going to fuck around and bet plus 900 purple Gatorade. All right. I don't. The best tasting Gatorade when you use the no, dude. Purple is the worst Gatorade. If you get a purple Gatorade in the bottle, no, I'm telling you, it tastes way different when you add a certain amount of sugar to it. It has this great taste. Whoever, I don't know who it was back in my baseball. Breaking days, news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Drake is cheering for the Rams in the Super Bowl. There goes my pick right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking. Like I'm betting Patriots. I'm done. That is so whack, bro. Why does he have to do that shit? Why can't he just put both of them on his shirt? Yep, again? Drake is. Or just not wear a fucking jersey, or just fucking. I don't even know. Just could be Drake somewhere the fuck that. else. That's not on Instagram. That's not breaking news. Uh, I, well, fucking it, one, it is breaking news. Uh, I have heard it from Vic, Young City. Um, you think Vic is the one? That's well, Vic, Vic probably just got it from somebody on Twitter, and is just relaying the information. Yeah, you know, Vic to does. the public. Um, I just want to t- comment on that color of the Gatorade or whatever being poor thing. I honestly think, um, I definitely think, um. Water and clear is the lock here. I don't think these players have the balls to put pour fucking Gatorade on them. Like that shit. Do you think Bill fuck. Belichick cares? I think they're just gonna just pour water on him, dude. I don't think. I think yeah. If we're gonna pour a Gatorade on him to winning an AFC Championship game, I think Bill Belichick would like flip a fucking nut if that happened to him. He'd be like, "What the fuck? We didn't win shit. You goddamn pussies!" Or however Bill Belichick talks like. Well, we're, I mean, we're on. We're on to question, the Los Angeles does, Rams. Does yellow Belichick. like lemon lime? What? Dinger, dinger. Does lemon lime count as yellow I or green? Think that. That's a good question. That is the question we need Ooh. to be talking about now, because lemon lime is a very popular color, and I think yes. that's the one that we're talking about here. Dude, you're you're asking. Yeah, I'm color deficient. You were asking the, the wrong person. Uh, yeah, we got you know is yellow on the list of the bets? What where's that at? Because and also green mixed with water makes it maybe turn a little bit yellow, like a piss yellow when you're very nutrient like like positive. This would be typical Vegas or typical. Yeah, yeah water yellow is isn't plus a popular flavor. Ooh, it's yellow. I would lock in the yellow. So wait, so yellow uh, or what clear? Is like Vegas just. 
let's just say yellow slash green Gatorade gets poured on them. So it, they sort of say like, oh, like we can't, we can't determine the color of the Gatorade. Therefore, nobody's bet hits. Okay. Well, would that be a push? Uh, they would just push it, you think? You would push, but if you had clear, obviously, you wouldn't be pushing, you know? Yeah. All right, well, how about we okay, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that's enough of the uh, of the betting because these pitch rolls <laughs> yeah. are just fucking crap yeah, shoots. guys. And we all know how I am yeah. with my craps rolls, right, Dingus? You guys are throwing out mortal locks here in your fucking... All right, so... Let's, let's have the guests go first. Let's go. Nick, what's your pick? The Rams? Yeah, I guess we should be respectful. Um. So, yeah, much like my uh, MVP choice alluded to. Do you have a I'm score? Betting Rams. Um, no, I don't have a score, but I definitely think that it's going to be um, a close game. Come down to Greg the leg, perhaps? I think Greg the leg might be the one to put a 60-yard field goal through the uprights for the win. Um, but, you know, starting off in the – in the playoffs this year, I was definitely a bet against the Patriots at first. And then I had the Pats. And now I was on the Pats at first. But you know who have uh, – Yeah, you're big, uh, Nick's so, no, low-key insider. That – So we uh, – looks this... like we're going to be rocking with the Rams. And, you know, like I said, I think McVay is going to come out have a good offense for um, – for golf. I think he's going to be able to move the pocket a lot, which is going to be key for him to throw the ball downfield. And I also think that Gurley is going to it's going to have that, that two weeks off is going to be huge for him, and he's going to come back healthy, healthy early, I should say, and be definitely more of a threat in this offense for the Super Bowl. So, I like the Rams. I also like the fact that um, Donald and Sue will be getting a lot of pressure up front in Brady's face. He's going to take a few hits. I like the fact that, you know, the bet for the pass interference has a lot of juice on it because that just means Brady's going to be getting hit, and we all know that Brady doesn't like that. Okay, well, here's my pick. I have the score of the game being 31-33 to with the winner being New England Patriots. So for that reason, I I am going to be taking the Rams plus two and a half, for the game, and mm-hmm. I will probably be hopping on a Patriots halftime bet because I assume for the Patriots to be down at halftime. <coughs> and we're going to see a prototypical Brady comeback. I believe there's going to be three minutes and 47 seconds left on the clock, and they're just going to chew the clock. It's just going to tick, tick, tick down, and Brady's just going to slowly move the ball down the field in the thought of fashion that he does oh so very often. And the Patriots are going to kick a 34-yard field goal to win the game on the leg of Gokowski to win the game by two. Mm-hmm. Well, Damn, some books have it down to minus two now. Wow. I really, I'm going to check on mine before I make my pick real fast. I'm going to – I've been publicly quoted in saying that I am on the Rams. And it has moved to plus two. Ooh, let's see if you can buy it. Wow. Let's wow. see if you can. Bovada has it at plus three. What? Oh, my gosh. Bovada's at plus three. So, we are, we oh, yeah. So, basically, right I'm the, sorry, guys. A better, you can't a better buy it. put. You cannot buy it. You can't buy it until closer to the game time. But 
a better put 2.5 million millions and millions and millions and half millions put two just come out put 2.5 million dollars on the rams to win so i'm at plus two of five yeah just now is that what is that what is happening but yeah so maybe that skewed the line a little bit so well when i get this line back to plus two and a half i'm gonna buy the half point i'm gonna take the rams plus two and a half i think that is the lock But, all right, I am also taking New England money line on a live bet when the Rams go up two scores. I see that them going up two scores early, taking the Patriots money line, and I'll hit both. Any comments or concerns on that one, boys? Bold statement right there, Jack. Well, you know, betting is a bold game, and that's what we do. It is. And, you know, I've had a good week on the book. I'm playing with house money. So, all right. We're taking it home, boys. All right. That about wraps it up for me. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. It was dope having you here. Uh, Dinger, as always, love love having this podcast Mm -hmm. with you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't fucking forget to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at TUF Podcast. That is at TUF Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for all the daily content and updates on what's going around the sports world. Thank you so much. This is totally uncalled for.